We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about dragon eggs, wooden boys, and a kiss that can break any curse. I'm Beth Alderkin, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? This just in, local woman shoots gun at dragon, doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest part of the whole episode. I'm doing fine. I got to watch a grown woman shoot a gun at a dragon. It's always a good week when you get to watch something like that. Yeah, we are now at the season one finale of Once Upon a Time, uh, season one, episode 22, A Land Without Magic. And it's like, how do you feel like we 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 kind of we went back into this journey to relive through Once Upon a Time from the beginning and now we're coming to that 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 first huge conclusion, the one where everybody comes back. And I just want to know how you feel. Well, listen, and I think I've said it a thousand times in this podcast, they know how to end a season. Uh, they wrapped everything up very nicely with a tight little bow on this one, and they gave us a teaser for the next season. Uh, the entire episode, I, the, to me, the episode lasted 15 minutes because it just felt like it went really fast. Like, it didn't seem long. There was no part where it dragged. Uh, it didn't seem overly, uh, like, uh, overdone. Like, you know, like, when you can, like, there's action constantly, and by the end of it, you're just exhausted. Like, there was emotion. There was action. There was a CGI dragon. There's a gun. Uh, but it, like, it does all these moments, and, like, my heart was bursting. I forgot how, like... You get so invested. Like, they just show mm-hmm. Red and Granny for, like, a split second at the end. And you're like, oh, my God. They remember each other. And just just so many. So, uh, uh, 10 out of 10. 14 out of 10. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm again and again, things I say a thousand times. I'm so happy we decided to do this because nothing I needed more today than this amount of nostalgia serotonin. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, this this felt so good to watch and it felt so satisfying. Um, I will have some like questions for you at the end about, you know, moving forward into season two, because it kind of reminded me of some of the finality of this season one finale, because it's like essentially 
they all wake up there. We don't go back to a time before then. Like this season stand on stands on its own. Yes. And so that there, there is a little bit of loss there because, you know, we, we love that they remember who they are. That's the goal we were trying to get to, but like now we, we can't go well, back. And then, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll probably get into it, but yeah, you can never recapture this specific magic unless they try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's <laughs> what makes this first season is so good is because of the just the 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 very premise of it has is so solid, and mm-hmm. I mean it's it's this would have been an amazing just like mini series uh, if they would have just ended it gold ten at, just amazing like this would have lived in infamy maybe uh, because it's just a very solid premise start to finish it has a very satisfying ending that doesn't isn't what you think it was supposed to be and i i think that moving forward it's a whole different show there's season one and then there's the rest of the show yeah um well let's go ahead and dive on in to this episode and of course we're gonna start with a little hospital drama uh, as you do because you you can't have a prestige network drama with a little hospital scene. I feel like those are just free props that are just around. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, mm-hmm. we have hospital sets, we have gurneys, we have beds, and we have oxygen masks. Like, they're everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, so Henry is being wheeled in, and uh, hysterical Emma is right behind being like, you know, like, I don't know what happened. He, I do like that the, um, the, the apple strudel is, or the turnover is bagged. Like, she's ready to go. Like, it wasn't bagged when he dropped it. But, like, when they were probably lifting him up, he was, she was just like, this is evidence. I'm putting it in a Ziploc bag. They'll figure it out. Because she's thrusting this at Dr. Whale, being like, you need to figure out what kind of poison this is. He ate it and fell down. Uh, it's a poison, poison, poison. He's like, he is showing no signs of being poisoned. His airways are not blocked, so he didn't choke. This, that, and the other thing. And she's like, okay, well, then what is it? And he's like, I don't know. Damn it. I'm a, I'm a Frankenstein man, not a doctor. Uh, and, like, I do like that he has absolutely no idea what it could possibly be, but does know that it's not whatever she says it is. <laughs> like, that's very, um, I know that it probably wasn't supposed to be in character, but it's very in character for Dr. Whale. Like, listen, I know what it definitely isn't, and it's what you're saying it isn't, but it could be literally anything else except that thing, because I'm kind of a prick. <laughs> and yet he has this, like, momentary pause where... He's he's saying like it's almost as if it's, and that's that's the kick that Emma needs to finally turn that corner because she's in a vulnerable state, and she's looking at the once upon a time book that happens to be it. there. She holds she holds it. it in her hands, and it's almost as if it's magic, and just all these flashbacks from earlier in the season and everything and. Uh, this is an amazing shot of Jennifer Morrison because she's just like looking up like, oh my God, it's all true. I believe everything, everything, hook, line, and sinker. And she just has this big, just dumbfuddled face on her look. And then Regina comes in, says one word, and Jennifer Morrison's face, she just like drops a little bit too much and then looks up like, I'm about to kill a bitch. Like, it's <laughs> such an amazing shift. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, she's like, I believe, I believe I will have blood on my hands later. Like, it's so great. Uh, so, yeah, then Regina runs in and is just obviously very upset, as you would be. Uh, but she doesn't get a lot of time 
to be upset that her son is in some sort of coma because Emma proceeds to beat the ever-loving hell out of her in a supply closet, which doesn't seem safe. There's got to be, like, sharp things in there. It's not great. Just knocked over a bunch of tongue depressors. Just, she's she's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. Again, this is a this is a TV set. They've got those all over the place. Um, yeah, and she just starts screaming, "He ate the turnover. He's the one that ate it." And Regina, nah, why? It was supposed to be you. I do love the instant, like, because Regina is in just as much of a vulnerable state as Emma is. Her her son. The only person she loves in the whole world besides herself is at death's door. And the so basically the moment Emma goes, he ate the turnover. Regina doesn't for a second pretend, feign ignorance. She doesn't question it. Nope. She just immediately is like, oh shit, you were supposed to eat that, not him. And yes, magic is real. I'm a queen. It's all true because I have no emotional space to lie to you. Exactly. It's just like, all right, we're in problem solving mode first. Uh, We're not playing this. Uh, I do like that she, that, and then this is the moment where they, they say the thing. Cause up until this point, you're wondering, you're like, why are they freaking out? Like Snow White wasn't dying. She just went into a coma. Uh, And then that's what Regina says. She's like, well, I don't understand. Like the magic is unstable in this world. It's killing him. Like, he will die. Like, now we have a clock. The clock has started at the top, like, a mystery clock. We don't know how long he has. But it's just, hey, he's, by the He's way. also, like, a little boy. You know, yeah. he's not... It's a lot of magic and a lot of unstable magic. They don't know how it's going to affect a small child. Yes. Uh, it's, one it's, question I did have for you is yeah. uh, your thoughts on... Because, like, you know, we do kind of consider this, like, a two-parter. This is a continuation of last week's episode. But all the same... Emma realizes everything is true very early in the episode. Very like early. Like, within the first few minutes. Yep. She's like, I'm the savior. Magic is real. Realms are real. Let's get the problem done. What were your What were your thoughts on that? Because this is like, you know, breaking the curse is the ultimate culmination of the season. But getting her to a place to accept it is just as important. Yes. Um, I think that this was... It did go hand in hand with Henry's sacrifice. Like it was just one of those. This is the kind of thing that needed to happen, and it and Henry's sacrifice wasn't in vain. Uh, so in the in the idea of a two parter, it makes sense. Like if you would have watched these back to back, there'd be no no question about it. It did seem kind of odd being like between a week. Like when I watched, I was like, wow, oh, it's just running right out the gate with her believing. Uh, but I do like that they land it. Um, they landed a little bit better because basically later she has a confession with August. She's like, it's too much. I can't right now. Like I, my brain cannot process like she's cause she's also trying to problem solve, but the world doesn't make sense to her anymore. And she confesses that quietly to, to August, but then is just like really stone faced and ready to go with everybody else. So that moment I liked, um, Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it it in a two-parter it makes sense. It did seem kind of rushed to watch them in two different episodes. Did they air at the same time? I don't think they did. Okay. I I, I don't believe so. Okay. I I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they had like a replay of like the two-parter or something at the very at, you know, maybe in the summer or something. Yeah. But no. Like okay. I'm pretty sure this followed the same 
you know, yeah. weekly release So schedule. it was nice, though, because then you didn't have to deal with, like, it, it just made sense that, like, this is what happened and, and something this traumatic would break that, like, Emma's not going to, like be stone face against it anymore seeing a seeing a small child in a hospital bed will do a lot of things for to a person um because no child should have to go through that and believe me i was having lots of emotions through the whole episode thinking about it <laughs> it's pretend abby it's pretend it's pretend he's fine he grew up to be a fine young man oh god <laughs> i meant fine, well, like he's the, fine and he's okay not like weird cougary conversation yeah, yeah. sorry you made a face i had to make sure it was clear <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I got you. We are no, no. I, I feel you. Okay. So yeah, so the two of them decide. Okay, we're you know, enemy. My enemy is my ally right now. Yeah, I I want to murder your face off, but we have a priority, and the both of us are on the same page for that. The one thing we care about is about to die. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did love this about how like they they both realize they have to go to Mr. Gold, and then Regina's like. <laughs> BT Dubs, he is Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, yeah. Because, and Emma's yeah. face. Oh, well, because Regina can't just... Regina is doing a lot of things, but she will always have to be the one with the upper hand. Where it's just like, Emma's like, we gotta go to Mr. Gold. Let's go do that. And Regina, like, her little spidey senses went off. And she's like, I don't know. Emma's feeling kind of confident. And she's like, oh, by the way, it's Rumpelstiltskin. And it's just, like, crushing Emma, like, a little bit more. Because Emma is a very fragile person right now. Very fragile. And uh, Regina knows that, so... She does most of, I think most of her little little snide things that she does are so subconscious, which is what makes this character so good. Like, you do feel very bad for her, especially at the very end of the episode. You just, <gasps> the whole season, you're just like, I hate this woman, and I want to see her launched into the sun. And at the end of it, you're like, no, it's okay, I forgive you. Um, <laughs> well, this is, this is Regina time. at the... This is Regina at the epitome of making bad rush decisions as a consequence of previously making bad rush decisions. This is Regina at her absolute lowest. She's having to team up with the woman she tried to murder because she accidentally may have murdered her son. Yes. And I do. Regina's not in a good place, but she's got to get her little snide things in. And so we'll get, so we, we get to Mr. Gold's and, and, you know, he's just like, oh, this looks like the face of a believer. Like, we just get that whole conversation out of the way. Just like Rumpelstiltskin can just sense it, apparently. But to <laughs> your point that you were just making, I mm-hmm. do like because Regina's just like, he wasn't supposed to be the one that paid. It was supposed to be me. And Rumpel's just like, yeah, but that's not that's not how magic works. It's unstable here or something of that major. But we also have to remember that, like, magic doesn't give a shit. Like... <laughs> It's a ruthless <laughs> bitch, and so it's one of those, you're going to have to pay. Does it matter that we're about to kill a small child? Magic doesn't care. Magic, much like, let's say, a mysterious illness, doesn't care who or how it hurts you. It's just out to hurt you. And so it wasn't going to be like, oh, no, we can't hurt the child. Not the child. No, no. It's going to hurt the child to hurt her, and that's the price she has to pay. And that's the price we have to, like, going forward, I would like to use that as kind of a barometer of being like, ma- magic comes with a price. Okay, are you willing to pay with your child's life for whatever we're about to do? I feel like that should be, like, maybe in the back of our head when we do things. That's, least a, that's a good Regina. barometer. And it's, um, it is interesting that, like, at this point, this is a rumple that, that also doesn't care. Like, much like the magic, he doesn't care if... Henry I mean he sure he likes Henry he's probably a little sad that Henry's at death's door but also he like he's been around for a while he gets it 
He knows yeah. that like this is how things work. That does change later as the as their relationship and revelations about it evolve. But for now, Rumpel's yeah. just like, dude, what what can you do? Yeah, cool. Because Rumpel's just like, oh, you lost your son because of a choice you made. Can't relate. Nope. <laughs> Not me. Who? Me? Not couldn't be me. No. Why I'll do you think s- we're here? Yeah, right. <laughs> Not like I watched my son uh, beg for me to come with him and I said no. Oh, you're right. Your trauma is so much worse. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, because Rumple doesn't care. Rumple thinks everyone he loves is dead, which 50% of that comes back into play at the end of this. Um, but he's just like, yeah, don't worry. And he spouts a lot of stuff really fast that I had to actually rewatch uh, mm-hmm. because I didn't quite understand what was going on. Uh, he basically says he has a dab of true love magic and then he put it on the dark curse as a safety valve. That means Oh, I had to rewind this too. Because yeah. that's, because that's Emma. Emma is his safety valve is that mm-hmm. that is the the product of true or product of true love is going to save everyone. Like the savior was only built into the curse because Rumple put it there based on this thing of true love that he had intertwined from uh, Snow White and Charming with their little DNA weirdo uh, thing. And, but he also had like a bunch extra that he kept, that he brought over and Emma now has to go get it with sword. He says that in like maybe 20 words and I had to rewind it going, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? But that's what it is, I guess. It, it is like, I, I feel under normal circumstances or cough, cough later season circumstances, uh, this would feel a little bit like a plot dump or, you know, plot point explanation. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like they've done such a good job laying the pieces down of Rumpel's plan. This just feels like the final, the final touch. Yeah. You know, this is the missing piece that we didn't know already, which was how is Emma, oh, how can Emma save everybody? Well, he's like, well, I, I put her in, I basically hid her in the curse as a safety. Yeah. She's, well, she's the backup. She's, she's well, the backup. Well, she's the backup and you're the backup. Like, he had two backups because Regina's mm-hmm. original curse wouldn't have had a savior. Like, nothing would have broken the curse based on what Regina did. The way he explains it is the drop of true love or whatever in the in the dark curse is Emma. Yes. So that's yes. the first safety valve. But then the second one, which we then find out has nothing, almost nothing to do with actually breaking the curse no what this is a flat out lie this is a whole big red herring that at the very end of it i was just like it took like 10 minutes after the episode i'm like oh my god he sent them their child dying dying and these two women are trying to do anything to save him and he sends them out on a mission to do literally anything else (laughs) that is some cold shit like Mm -hmm. oh my god rumple that's wow yeah, he's he's been biding his time, and yeah. his time has come. He's like, sorry about your kid, but can you go do this one thing for, for me later? Which ends up is going to, to benefit both of them. But none of this had anything to do with saving Henry. Like, it, it, nope. it was just like, he would have died and then be like, well, sorry, you didn't get the, the thing. So he's just like, don't worry. I, I, put it, I put it in something. I put it in an old friend. And Regina gets it, like, immediately. He's like, she's like, you bastard. <laughs> he's like, yeah, oh. Is she still, you know, underground because we can go get it? 
And, they're, and Emma's just like, what if Regina like, had said no? Yeah, I know. Like, what are you no, talking I'm... about? I left her, and and, yeah. and then he'd be like, oh shit. But but Rumple knows everything, and Rumple knows that mm-hmm. Regina would would even if she is trying. This is my favorite part. This is the kind of petty ass shit that just makes me happy. Sorry, I've been drinking vodka. I'm gonna swear a lot today. Um, <laughs> but it's the fact that this whole curse was because. She's so mad at Snow. She just wants Snow to be unhappy. So what does she do? She drives the whole realm into unhappiness just to get back at Snow White. But in doing so, she also takes a couple other people that she's just not super pumped about. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. oh, are these people that have wronged me? I'm also going to use this curse to just screw with them. And that is like... She's playing like five dimensional chess. I love it. She's like, this is all for her. And also these three ladies I have hidden in different areas because they wronged me. And they, this one talked bad about my apples and how dare she. So I love it. Well, I think it's about time we find out who this mysterious person is. Yes. Because we we do actually find out in the past before Emma meets her in the present. I do. And so we're obviously not going to talk about it the way the show laid it out because that's insanity. Uh, but I do like how the show narratively told this, like you were getting mm-hmm. there in these just quick shots. So it's like you figured it out, but then you were still really excited watching charming. And it was, it was just quick, quick, quick. And you're just like, Oh my God. Like it kept you on the edge and like the way that they did it narratively made so much sense. Doesn't make sense explaining in a podcast form. So we'll just explain the past. Yeah. All yeah, in just, one just, go. Just know that when the big reveal happens, it's when it's when Emma also learns this information for herself. They kind of keep it the cards close to their to their chest, which <laughs> I have a note about that with Regina that I think is very funny, but we're not quite there yet. So okay. we are going to go all the way back to the wonderful realm of magic. And Prince Charming has been held in the Queen's Castle. This is shortly after Snow White took the apple and that whole thing happened. So he is at death's door, literally. He is being taken out and he's going to have his head removed from his body. But before that can happen, he launches a daring escape against, like, just this tiny little handful of guards. Like, they're not really doing a good job. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. And this might just be wrong completely. I don't think he like they put Snow under a under a sleeping curse or Snow or da 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 da. da. Regina put Snow under a sleeping curse to you know put her away so she doesn't have to deal with her. But she also wants to kind of torture Charming. I don't think she intended on killing him. I think part of this was all part of the escape plan. Like it was, hey, by the way, Regina said that she wants to go execute him, so you guys go get him because if Regina was gonna send charming to be executed there'd be more people regina would have given a speech at the gate and then also again right before he got his head cut off she'd have let snow be asleep for a lot longer so i think i think our good uh our huntsman might have played a bait and switch with his guards that's my theory I think that's an interesting theory. Um, yeah, let's go with that. You know what? Headcanon, I accept it. Yay! Yes. So this, we did so it. He, he was not actually going to die. This is all part of someone's diabolical plan because we've got a special cameo coming up. Oh, my God. So Charming manages to break free from the two guards who were holding him. He's on the run. And uh-oh, he is surrounded by two guards. Again, not, not the best security. And one 
lets loose a bow, a bow and arrow, and Charming thinks this is the end. But no, he's shooting the other guard because it's the Huntsman. Listen, Jamie Dornan, Mr. Gray will Gray, save you now. I, I can't deal with <laughs> Jamie Dornan and Fifty Shades of Gray. Like it's not even an attractive look. Like there's not even a part of me that it's just like, oh, okay. I I guess I can see where that's coming from. But Jamie Dornan, ragged like the scruff with the crazy wild curls in armor with a weapon. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That'll do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Like when he has those close-ups and he has like the, the things laced up all the way to his neck and it's like black and gray. And listen, it's, they, we've been doing thirst traps for, 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 for years, <laughs> for years, children. And it was Jamie Jordan in armor. Uh, I loved this cameo so much. I wish he came back. I'm so sad. But yes, this is, he comes back and he's going to save Charming so she can save Snow. He's like, I gave up my heart for Snow. Please don't make it be in vain. Which I think also speaks to, to Henry's crisis, which I think is nice. Where it's just like, I sacrificed, you know, do what you will with the sacrifice. Please don't, don't make me have made this decision for no reason. Yeah, I really liked this too. I... I liked getting a chance to see the Huntsman again, and I liked getting a chance to see that he was okay with the decision that he had made and that he was proud of it and that he was continually doing the right thing, even though it cost him everything. Yes. And Um, this is this is the kind of hero story, by the way, that sometimes once upon a time shows that I really like where it's just like all the heroes aren't the main characters. Cause these guys are just like supposed to be these like weird perpetual heroes that never make wrong decisions and blah, 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 blah. But there's some of these side characters who just make big decisions and they have to pay ultimate prices for them or they don't get the payoff or we don't get to see the ending of it. And I think that again, speaking of like slice of life kind of thing, that's, that's the more reality of the situation is you're going to make decisions not always going to be the best person, but some, when you need to, you should be making the right decision. And I think that that's nice. Poor Huntsman. Mm-hmm. Poor Huntsman. Yeah, and he once again finds himself in the Queen's rage path because she's pissed that Charming managed to escape. What the hell happened? And Huntsman, he covers he covers his tracks. I, I mean, something, something like, I feel like the Queen should have been able to see right through it, but alas, what are you going to do? But it doesn't take long for the Queen to, through her magic mirror... To spot charming, running very weirdly, like extremely slow, like he's lumbering away. I'm like, dude, I, <laughs> I just, just Josh Dallas cannot run as charming. Like he, he just, he always just looks a little bit. I don't know if it's his costume or what's going on, but I noticed the same thing. I'm like, what is he? Did he step on a stick? What? <laughs> <laughs> he had a boo boo on his foot. So just he's like, as, going yeah, these are the shoes he. It's like the, the huntsman grabbed him some shoes, but these aren't good running or wilderness shoes. <laughs> these are dress <laughs> shoes. And he's just like, ah, ah I'm getting blisters. <laughs> well, the queen uh, does her magic and whisks Charming away to the same forest that she sent Hansel and Gretel to. So this is the infinite forest. And, you know, before we, we had an indication that the forest the children had gone to was um, never ending and terrible and magic. But we didn't have proof of that until now because Charming literally finds himself going in circles, finding himself back at the place he was before. And that's when Rumpel shows up. 
And I I gotta love the balls on Rumpel for showing up wearing the prince's old cloak and just being like, hey, what's up, dude? Oh, and he he like tattered it in places. Like yep. he he gave it a makeover. So he's like, I don't know. It had some serious like Jon Snow plus Rumpel badass energy. And I thought oh, it was yeah. No, like again, Rumpel and Regina like playing for who's the biggest diva. It's it can go either way on most days. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, Regina's outfit in this episode, top notch. Oh, I love everything about it. Um, <sighs> I will say I, I also do like the passage of time being marked by how long Regina's hair gets because it's now like shoulder length when she's like in, in the real world or whatever. Um, but it's also really big and full. And I'm like, oh, teach me, please. <laughs> like, it's like professional, but also spooky. Um yeah. I also do like Rumple in this episode because, again, and we'll get to it, you know, you and I have our conversation about Rumple Belt towards the end here, but um, I do like where we end up with Rumple when we realize that, you know, even though all these terrible things have happened to him, he is a, um, he's a showboat, and mm-hmm. he's just a sucker for some true love, even though he's been hardened and bittered. Uh, so I just think that this is his entire, like, storyline with Snow and Charming and trying to get all this, like, the safe space stuff done with the dark curse just makes me happy. Like, it's just like, he seems so diabolical, but he's just a big softy. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so he's chilling on his log. He's got the coat. He's holding the, he's holding the ring that he had magically whisked away from charming. And it's like, look, I'll give it back to you, but I'm going to give it back to you. It's some special magic. That's going to help you get out of here. And it's going to help you find snow. And it's going to be super great. And, Charming, the ever-loving dumbass that he is. Oh, bless his heart. Is is just like, give it to me right now. And Rumble's like, you know how I do. You've met me, right? I, you know how this works. I just, first of all, I love that he's just like, the reason you can't get out of this forest is the same reason I have this ring. It's magic. Pickpocketing is not magic. It's not magic, Rumble. But yes, I do like that Charming's answer is... What any aggressive alpha male's answer would be. Violence. I don't listen. I do not listen. I have sharp stick. I poke you with it. Like a very angry man. And and of course, Rumpel just, you know, plays him for a fool. Because Rumpel has... He can't die, for one. This is... Maybe Charming doesn't know that, but Rumpel literally cannot be killed by Charming swords. Like, it's not going to happen. Because Charming... In Charming's logic, if he had to stop that moment and say, what was your logic here? Charming's logic would have been, but I'm a good guy. If if Rumpel can't be killed except for one way, I'm sure there's some sort of loophole where a, where a strong, confident, blonde man can stab him a certain way and he'll mysteriously die and it'll all age because that's how charming's life works like like loopholes just start happening around him so i think he was just Mm. like if i fight this the tiny shiny man long enough i will be victorious because that is what good guys do they eventually win if i put in the work and i'm planning to put in the work um it does not work out No, it does not. No. And uh, Rump- Rumpel gets a gets a little peeved when Charming manages to nick him on the face and he draws blood. 
Rumple wipes it away and is, and then just wipes the floor with him. He's like, okay, I, I really don't have time. Like, he was playing with Charming before. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't have time for this shit. I got places to be. I got curses to enact. I've got magic to store inside a dragon. You made me bleed my own blood. Oh, my God. Also, no, he doesn't have to store any magic in a dragon. He gets other people to do that. Because the genius, like any good middle manager, you don't actually do mm-hmm. any work. You just make other people do work. That's how you get ahead yeah. in this world, people. Well, I mean, like, by he, I mean whoever he in hires or enables or orders to do it. But but technically, like, when you're given the PowerPoint presentation at the end of it, it'd be like, look what I did. I did yes, this single-handedly. Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, at no point does Rumple tell Regina or Emma uh, that that Charming was the one who put in the dragon. He just says, it's in the dragon. He lets them fill in the, fill in the gaps that make him look good. I apologize, by the way, for my corporate bitterness breaking through on the podcast. Um, God, Rumpel, yes. Rumpel is so yeah. extra. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll keep moving. Yes. So uh, Rumpel tasks Charming with um, hiding a bottle of true love. And it's the only one he's managed to make so far. It is it is Charming and Snow's love. And even though Snow seems to the point of no return, their love is still active. Like that, 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 that potion only works if the love is real, if the love is there. And so, um, that's like, that's part of the reason why Rumple is having all these stuff, doing all these machinations to bring the two of them back together. It's not just because he liked a girl and then she died. It's also because he needs them to make the magic work. Otherwise, they can't, one, they can't have a baby who will save everybody. But also the potion would, like, the the love needs to be existing in order for the potion to work. Am I, am I, that's correct, right? Like, It it is correct. Um, What I'm going to say, just to to keep moving and talking about the, the love potion, I have never trusted a bottle to hold any liquid that I put in my suitcase. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I put every shampoo bottle I have in like two Ziploc bags because they'll explode. But what if that one fails? And what if that one fails? Um, he puts the bottle in an egg and then says, put this in an active dragon. <laughs> That's a lot of trust in the corkscrew he put on top. <laughs> like, you open it up, it's spilled everywhere. Damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> I did love how, okay, so do you remember like going to like an aquarium or a museum and you'd go into the gift shop and they'd have those little tubes of like the glitter liquid that you could like move back and forth and stuff. That's exactly what the purple true love goo looked like. So it reminded me. Lisa Frank bullshit and I loved it. So similar to to like random tchotchkes that we had as children that would have caused a giant mess that would give me a heart attack to bring into my home right now. Do you remember like sand art? Do you remember yes. like when that was a huge thing, like in the nineties where it's like you would get like you'd get the bottle that was shaped like a genie bottle or something and you would put a little red and then you'd put a little blue and then you'd fill it up and then you put a cork on it and then you would just look at it. Like like that's all it was. Like it was just it was <laughs> until just a the one bottle. point you you or your sibling decided to shake it to no end and the whole thing would be destroyed. And then you're just like, oh, now it's just brown, dark sand. This is garbage. Um, 
that's what it reminded me of. So I like that it just took us both to childhood with yes. just these useless <laughs> toys. Like, amazing. Uh, yeah, puts it in the egg that looks like the egg from uh, the second challenge in Harry Potter. Like, it looks like yes. if you put it underwater, we'd be able to hear it scream at us. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so, so he tasks Charming with hiding it. He also... Uh, talks a lot about true love oh and the importance of it and everything and how he's had it before. And I was a little ticked at this moment because I know that the reason they did it was because they were bringing Belle back at the end. Yes. I know that's why. But logically, he should have been talking about his son. So that's Bas- what I thought he was talking about. Thematically, it should have been his son because that's the true love we get at the end of the season. And he's the person Rumple has done all of this for. That's his true love. Yeah, he loves Belle. And I'm sure she is, you know, very important to him, no matter how badly he's treated her. But his true love is Balefire. So I didn't like this. I, I feel like... I feel like Rumple could have been more vague. Instead of saying she died, he could have said, um, it, it, it doesn't matter. They're gone. And then we could have filled in the blanks ourselves. Yeah. And I think that you could have also, like, you could have argued, like, when he said she died. Because I think there's also the assumption that his wife died. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could have been either one. Um, I agree with you. I agree. Because I thought that the culmination of everything that he was doing was for the same purpose. Um, they opened it up with a bit of a more dramatic flair. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think he should have, I think he wouldn't have related to charming as well. Like it's, it's like telling people you love your kid and they're just like, ah, like I love my dog. And you're like, I'm going to kill you. Um, but, like, <laughs> but if, if someone is just like, yeah, no, I was, I had, I was in love with a person once before and you're like, oh, what person? And you're like, oh, she died. Now you're just like, oh my God, I definitely have to put this egg inside of a dragon, which I had this realization about five seconds ago, um, but in Harry Potter, it, in the Goblet of Fire, he has to steal a golden egg from a dragon to get to the mm-hmm. next task. It's literally Goblet of Fire. So, maybe, maybe, maybe that was Maleficent, and Maleficent? we have learned oh a god. connection we didn't know before. It's in the it's in the Potter verse. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. So he's just like, oh, by the way, I need you to get this egg inside of a creature. Uh, but he doesn't exactly explain it, which leads to the funniest line of this episode. Yes. yes. Yeah, because he goes to Maleficent's castle. She's just a regular-sized woman, chilling on her throne, minding her own business. I love her and throne in- room so <laughs> much. It's got 80 stairs to a chair on a giant floor with nothing around it. And she just goes up to sit on it. For no reason. She's like, by yourself. She's like, I put sponge curlers in my hair last night and my hair is fire. I am going to go sit on this ground and survey all of this. And these stained glass windows that are later going to be broken by a jackass. Uh, But yeah, so Charming comes up and he's he's like, "Uh, there's supposed to be a beast here for me to stick a giant egg into. (laughs) And, of course, Maleficent, her first response is just to freaking wipe the floor with him. And I feel like she could have just killed him that way. Like, he has no magic. He has no way to really defend himself. But instead, she's going to show off because guess what, y'all? She is the beast. But, so, But also, because as a dragon, she could eat him. 
So maybe mm-hmm. like her dragon was like hungry for people, and so she's like, I'm gonna eat this person. Um, but yes, it's the best line where he she's like she flicks him away, and he's like he hits the floor, and he just looks up, and he looks at it, and he's just like, oh. I'm gonna need a smaller egg. Like, what is, he, is this a suppository? You just gonna try to shove this yeah. in there? Uh. <laughs> uh, but she turns like, into a giant. All right, your Majesty, I need you to bend over. You gotta this hide is- something in there. <laughs> just, just turns out he's wearing a lab coat, ma'am. This is all part of your yearly physical. And don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, she turns into a giant CGI dragon, which uh, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love the fight scene. It's corny and he- as hell, and it works. <laughs> it holds up. I'm fine are with it. They're so bad. Oh, I love it. I mean, they're really bad. I mean, but they're a bad that you can you can enjoy for how bad it is. This is this is like it's bad, but it's not like take you out of it bad. Like it's not it's not so egregious that you just you're just like uh, okay. But it's still fun to watch because, okay, well, so the part that was confusing is what ends up happening because how does the dragon not then just the egg out of her neck? Like, I, or wherever it is. I think it was, like, going down her throat because he puts it, so what he does is they have the fight scene and Charming's doing his normal thing of, well, if I'm being chased, if I'm being chased by a dragon, I'm going to run and hide and then I'm going to run and hide more until the one moment where I don't have to hide. This is the shepherd boy doing his shepherd boy fighting style that he learned from Anna from Frozen. And he um, so he he manages to get the egg and jam it into her gill, essentially on the side of her neck. But I'm guessing that by doing so, he ended up forcing it down her throat and she swallowed it. Because this is like those those things with the so fire. She, so she's were, a water were, dragon. She's a water, a fire water dragon. Ah, the story of fire and water. She makes steam. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this was, I mean, it makes sense. Like you get it later because it's just like, oh, well, because he, Emma doesn't kill the dragon. She just like nicks her a little bit and the egg kind of falls out. Like you're supposed to think she dies, but spoiler alert, she, she comes back. Um Yep, he gets the egg, and then he, like a very good Heisman Trophy winner, he grabs the egg, and he just charges through a stained glass window. Yeah, so he throws it, he throws he throws it inside, and then he makes a break for it, and just, like, flops down into the water, and Rumpel's waiting for him, still got the coat on, he's got a fire going, he's like, come chill, you did a good job. God, I this love it, Charlie swam. I love this. He swam that whole way. Yeah, just and... Like, he, and- and by the time he was done, he was done with Rumpel's bullshit. He's like, "I did it! God damn it! Give me my earring! I'm getting out of here." No, that's the, uh, that's the kind of the 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 kind of men- mental attitude he must have been in just to swim the rest of that way. Because he's remember he had to get to that he had to get to the castle, get there, get the ever loving crap kicked out of him, fight a dragon, and get an egg in, into her like gills or whatever, and then crash through glass, not feel good. Crash mm-hmm. into the water and then swim, arguably a couple miles. Uh, I'm just imagining him just like Michael Phelpsing it, which just like swimming, just like kill Rumple, kill Rumple, kill Rumple. I'm gonna kill him. I'm like <laughs> the only thing keeping him going was like the hate only like sheer adrenaline can give you. Uh, and Rumple is just like cool. You did it. That was easy. I mean, good job. What, what are you talking about? Here's the ring. Also, we're gonna give you a fabulous makeover so you match the pilot episode in an outfit it. you never wear otherwise. It's the worst outfit. It also manages to give him a haircut. Uh, well, listen, if you're gonna do something, just do it to ten. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, the outfit just makes me laugh. Uh, but he's like, yeah, get out of here, you skew crazy kid. Get out of here. It'll be fine. And then we, we get a replay of some of the moments from the pilot episode where he's charging through wind and snow and fire and whatever to come to Snow White's side. But it's too late. Of course, it's not too late. We all know that. True love's kiss can break any curse. And he gives her a kiss. Curse lifts. They share that moment. And then they have a little walk on the beach. Um, And I did like this scene because it was kind of continuing. It was giving us a tease for where their Enchanted Forest story is going to go next season. Because he proposes to her and she's incredibly happy and excited. And then he's like, what do you want to do? She says, I think I want to, like, take over all the kingdoms and 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 drive our parents um, out of power forever. You down? Cool. Let's do it. And there you go. Now we've got I now do, we got plans for season two. I, I do like his little proposal. Um, I mean, it doesn't make sense because he's just like this ring helped me find you. Now I want it to be on you forever. Where it's just like <laughs> now you're never going to find her because it's on. It. Like you put the G- <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, but I did like his little proposal. It was very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I, I'm a sucker for a good proposal. Like I just watch them online sometimes. When people do it well, they do it well. But obviously, he was just like that was maybe what he was also thinking about while he was swimming. He's like, I'm gonna get that ring back. I'm gonna get my woman back. I'm gonna give her this ring, and we're gonna be happy. And I'm never gonna have to sw- swim this English Channel ever again. Ah, <laughs> like I hope I never have to go through stained glass again. Um, yeah, proposes and just like, yeah, let's let's go, let's go overthrow everyone we know. Yes, let's get a Love kingdom. It. Unfortunately, in Storybrooke, their story isn't seeming to have such a happy ending because they have a little moment together as uh, David and Mary Margaret where um, where they seem to be at a point of no return. And as human beings, this this entire scene makes sense. Yes, it was very good. Like this was such a good real scene. Like it's a conversation I feel like I've had, I mean, I've never randomly moved to Boston to avoid somebody, but it, it, it felt real. It felt like it, it spoke to, spoke to me, but it's just him going, listen, Catherine got a place in Boston. You know, I, I, I'm so sorry that I doubted you for that moment, but I don't really like, it was just this moment of weakness. And I feel like I love you so much, but everything just makes me continue to make the wrong decision. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a guy who just throws red flags at you left and right to the point where it seems like a ticker tape parade. But when they say stuff like that, you don't go, oh, you're just trying. So yeah, come back and move in with me. No, you tell them to leave. And that's what Snow does. Snow's just like, I'm sorry you keep making the wrong decision. Go make some wrong decisions with somebody else in Boston. Peace. And let them go. I want to give Charming a little bit of credit tiny 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 bit because this is at the point we are we are near that threshold where the curse is going to be lifted and they're all going to remember why the hell they've been having all these problems in their lives and for charming the problems that he's had in his life as David is he has this strong love for this person that he can't explain but everything everything logical around him is telling him it's the wrong idea. And so he keeps making bad decisions. And that's entirely his responsibility. But I also understand 
like knowing that he's under this curse and everything he's gone through, like I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying I, I feel for the guy a little bit. Oh, but yeah, in the moment, like Mary Margaret, hundred percent made the right choice. Oh, and 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 Mary Margaret's situation, like David is speaking, like and and we're supposed to believe that David's curse isn't really sticking, which is why he knows what he's doing is wrong. Like he mm-hmm. did not run immediately back to Catherine because all of all of the curse stuff doesn't quite stick to him right. So he almost has like this weird fog where he knows what he wants but he can't make himself do it um there's an entire conversation about like mental health that that could go into this that i keep thinking about where it's just like these are the decisions you are making you have to own them like you know it's just like you need to you need to be like this is part of you like blah 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 uh but like with snow you have to know that snow probably is also feeling this like undeniable attraction to charming Mm -hmm. and is just being like i i love this person i don't know why and it's not logical but every time we're together bad things happen and i need to say no to it and that's an, both of them are being wildly brave here mm-hmm. it Absolutely. does not put them together it does not put them together in any and state. nor should it no it's just yeah. like she's being brave and walking away but he is laying it all out being like listen this is who I am. This is what this is. I'm sorry. He apologizes, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, but it's still, it's, it's, it's not enough. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, you can only do so much damage before you can't go back. And you know what? Doubting someone who was in jail for murder and then later imprisoned by a man that they never talk about again. <laughs> uh, but but who's yeah, still around. Just, <laughs> he's still around being creepy as hell. Um... Yeah, like it's like this is such a like, because sometimes this is this is what the real world is. It it it's it sucks where two people are in love with each other but they can't make it work right now, and one of them's about to leave, and that's just the end of it. And you just have to say that's what's happening, and it's heartbreaking. I like felt all choked up. I knew it wasn't gonna mm-hmm. last. I knew what was coming, obviously, but you're still just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like I've had to make decisions like she did. I have. I've had. I feel like I've been in charming shoes before. Blah 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 blah. I'm rambling, but anyway, this was a great. But scene. I mean, is yes. Ta- yeah. I mean, they're they're dealing with their problems like they're in the real world. But yes. luckily for them, they're not actually Ugh. really in the real world. Real I mean, they wonder. are. But there's a there's a second world going on top of it that Emma has just learned about. She's got a sword. She's got an egg. She's going down an elevator. She's on her way to something. I I hope one day I'm just like walking down the street and then my brain just clears up and I go, oh my God, I'm a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so yeah, so then we cut to um, them going to the library, which they never name it. They never name that it's the library. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Emma's just like, what in the hell is this place? And she's like, I'm sorry. Do you need a tour? Do you want to go see whatever? And Emma's like, Okay. It was a simple question. Don't be a dick. Fine. Uh, I love this because the library looks so much like shit. But then there's this amazing wall with a secret elevator between it. It's just like, all of this is garbage. Also, oh, this wait, wall. I forgot to mention that scene you talked about where Emma saw August. Oh, yes. That one broke me so hard. 
forgot. We jumped ahead too far. We um, did. That was my fault. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, so. Oh, and also em- Jeffers is showing up and, and getting pissed oh, to Regina. There sorry. are so we, many things that happen. We got very ahead of ourselves. Apologies. <laughs> this episode Apologies. is going to be like two hours long. Adrenaline got us. So the first scene is uh, Regina going to uh, see Henry. Uh, Emma sees Henry and is just like, listen, bud, we're doing it. And like you can see it. Like she wants to kiss him. She wants to, but she's not going mm-hmm. to, because you can see, like, she, she has a look on her face, and I feel like she thinks, like, a kiss on the forehead would have, like, a finality to it, and she doesn't want to mm. do it. So she's like, don't worry, I'm on my way, and I kept thinking she was good, like, it kept seeming like she was going to put the book on his chest. I don't know why, <laughs> but I was like, don't, don't, please don't, that book's humongous, he'll suffocate, <laughs> get put. So she puts it next to him, um, and she leaves, and she's such a bitch to Regina, and she's like, you have ten minutes. She's, okay. <laughs> And so Regina comes up, and she's just, you know, heartbroken. No one wants to see their kid like this. And this is when you know, not that when you know, but you realize and you continue to know that Regina loves Henry. Like, for she all does. that she is, she loves this tiny, magicless boy. <laughs> like She's just like, I, I got you, like, a, like someone who got a puppy in quarantine. I was kind of bored, and I needed something to take care of. But now I love you beyond all passing reason. And I did this to you, and I am filled with crushing guilt. As she's feeling these emotions, Jefferson shows up to be like, <laughs> I am here to take my 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 debt. I you owe me things, and Regina is not to be screwed with right now. And she's like, Nope. It didn't do what I was supposed to do, so our contract is void. So uh oh, oh no, you don't get to see your daughter again because I don't get to see my son again. Oh no, what happened? So I, I feel like this is um this is a both sides don't fucked up situation because yep. Regina is completely in the wrong for backing out of her deal because he did do what she asked. Yep. She's the one who fucked up. But Jefferson, she's on her, she's sitting at her child's hospital side, tears streaming down her face. Now is not the time. I wait. So, so, uh, so, so. Like, I'm not going to go to the point and say I was triggered by this and other thing, but, like, my I, I feel like I've told this before. My son had has had febrile seizures, and we've been in the hospital, and I've seen him. I've seen him, like, you know, when you're out of a seizure, there's a part, like, I forget what it's called, but you have, like, a state that you're in after a seizure where you don't kind of recognize what's going on, and it's a very terrifying thing. The seizure, I can deal with. That state, I can't deal with, because, anyway... If anyone would have come up to me while I was, like, lying with my son just praying to anyone who would listen and be like hey you remember how you owe me twenty dollars can i get that right now i would kill them where they stood like no one would find the body or blame me at all like oh my god jefferson what are you doing so yeah it doesn't go quite as well as he wants and this is what puts the balls in in motion for um for further things because again i was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like how the hell does she get out because of jefferson because um, he's not, Regina's not the only one who can be petty in times yeah, of crisis. It's just like it's just like Jefferson's like, bitch. I know you're every day. I know all your secrets. I just been sitting up here with my binoculars, learning everybody's secrets. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Emma in her moment of weakness. She goes to August because mm-hmm. she she needs him. She's like, listen, you you knew you understood. I want to go to you. Unfortunately. She has to kick down the door, which I can just imagine Granny downstairs. What the fuck? She comes up with her crossbow. Ah, another broken door. Uh, August is basically, other than like his head, 
is completely made of wood at this moment. He is just laying in his bed, yeah. waiting for the inevitable. Uh, and Emma has her, her, her very like broken moment of being like, I can't handle this. I can't do it. It's too much. I'm grieving my son. I'm now learning all this stuff that I'm not prepared to handle, nor anyone should be. This is too much. I can't do it. I need you. And he's like, I can't do it. You're the only one. I believe that you can. And then just turns into wood mid-sentence. And it's just like, Ugh. It was uh, the gut punch I didn't need. Thank you, episode. It was rough. I honestly, like, I remembered the scene, but I thought it came in season two. I didn't know it had come at this point. And, it, yeah, it was a moment of, like, vulnerability for Emma you know, because she's so gung-ho. She's all about doing it alone, going it alone. But in her moment of weakness, she turns to the one person who is, in a sense, right now, is the closest person to her. She doesn't really know her parents. Like, she knows she, she's been told they are her parents. She does. Like, that's still, there's a disconnect. This person has been with her since the beginning. He knows her. He cares about her. He's been trying to save her. And he's gotten to a point where he can't breathe. Like he literally said, told Henry that was going to happen. And to watch it happen, to watch him like shallowly trying to like gulp air down his, his throat. I, it gutted me. I, this, this was tough. This was tough. Uh, especially again, cause it's, a, it's, it's, it's another kind of weird CGI and I'm not sure about the face choice with the wood, but whatever. Oh God. Yeah. But either way, you were still just like the moment it happened. My first thought wasn't, Oh God, the CGI. My first thought was, Oh, August. And then I was like, Oh God, the CGI. And then we cut away. Uh, but yeah, no, this scene was, it was a rare soft moment for Emma that mm -hmm. I liked because had this scene not been in there, a, we would have been just like, where's August? But B, it, it does show that, like, Emma is a person. She's a full-fledged person, top to bottom, and it, she is going to have moments where she's not confident. She is a fake-it-till-you-make-it kind of person. She will not let anybody see that side. And the fact that she showed it to August, the fact that she needed something and that we got to see it is was great. Like, you could see, like, this is how broken she is. Like, she's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, so she does that. Jefferson uh, obviously is now another ball in motion. Then we get to the magic yes. elevator door, and and it's just like, oh Regina, you're gonna come with me, right? And she's like, no, silly. It's a two man elevator. I have to be the one that does it because why wouldn't you put a a 1940s elevator in here in this completely modern town? <laughs> like, could there have been a normal elevator? Of course not, because then the dragon downstairs would have got out that would be crazy so here's here's the one thing that bugs the crap out of me with this episode but i totally understand why it happens no one tells emma there's a dragon so <laughs> they only refer to her as she and an old friend so like mm-hmm they do explain it to Emma. They don't explain it to her on camera. So what happens is they, they do a scene where Emma says, I want to know what's down there. And Regina kind of makes a relenting face. And they cut back to Charming figuring out that it's a dragon. Like, that's when all of us are supposed to realize that it's a dragon. 
but they also don't want to have to have Regina Mills saying, there's a dragon downstairs, because that sounds insane. They never <laughs> at any point say a dragon. They never at point anything. It's just they give you the other stuff that doesn't sound insane when you say it. So Emma knows that there's going to be a dragon. I, that's what I believe. The way that I read that scene was Emma was explained mm, while we saw the cutaway. See, that's what I, I don't think... I personally... My headcanon goes with what they showed on screen, which is Regina just still being catty to the core will not tell Emma it's a dragon. So then when Emma gets down there, she doesn't know what she's facing. And that's why when she sees the dragon, I mean, obviously a dragon, even if you know it's coming, is still going to surprise you. Okay, but, but yeah, the look like, on Emma's face is like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah. But to be fair, I feel like if some woman was just like, oh, by the way, there's a dragon in the basement. And then they put me in a rickety elevator and I was downstairs being like, first of all, I don't know what Emma was expecting. Like, even if she knew that there was going to be a dragon down there. Everything she's been seeing so far has been normal, but the elevator drops her into this just like abandoned cave that she couldn't in no way have been prepared for. Like, I'm sure Regina just left that part out by like, there's a dragon downstairs. And Emma's like picturing like, like maybe a small dragon in like the rec center area of the library. <laughs> like, this is the part where they teach stuff. So there's like little, um, uh, like construction paper leaves and turkeys all over the wall with p kids' names on them. Like, this is where they teach, like, dance on Wednesdays with Miss Karen. Uh, but no, it is just this, like, cold, drippy cave thing with a coffin in it. No big deal. Uh, and Emma's just walking there with a sword in her hand, and she looks so awkward with it, just like, I'm holding a sword. I'm ready to fight with the sword. I'm excited to fight with my sword. And she... They they lead up some tense moments, but basically then Maleficent opens her eyes. And I just have to wonder what she's been doing this whole time or if Regina is feeding her or what's going on. I assume that the other townspeople didn't hear because they didn't believe. Whatever. I just want to know what the upkeep of an underground library dragon is. I feel like it's a lot. Like, you can't not feed her. Yeah, anyway. I mean, well, I mean, for 30 years, it, it was like, for 30 years, it was... Groundhog Day every day repeated. So I'm assuming maybe Regina like left a goat down there and every day the goat would replenish itself. And or I'm hoping, when, then, yeah. but maybe she's just been starving since then and or she's ready for an Emma snack. When, uh, when townspeople come through, you know, like, or when people like accidentally drive through or whatever, like maybe they don't see the town, but like Regina still like traps them and like feeds them to the dragon. It's just like, don't go to that spot up in Maine. Why not? People just disappear because there's a mysterious town with a dragon eater. Uh, or, or you know or, how she like activates her sleeper cells when she needs them for, for, for her missions. Yes. What happens when she no longer needs them? We never see these characters again. Nope. They're nope. all dragon food. All dragons. All of them. Uh, so dragon wakes up and then <laughs> my favorite, favorite scene in this whole episode <laughs> is that Emma sees a dragon. And she looks up and she's like, well, screw this. Throws the sword away. Gets out her gun. <laughs> fires off all the shots that are in the gun. Does nothing. Nope. The gun does nothing. Um, if you're going to bring a gun to a dragon fight, Emma, maybe get a bigger gun. I don't know. Uh, so that doesn't work. And then it suddenly becomes like, oh, no. And now I have to get to the sword that I've thrown away. 
didn't we get the didn't we get the thing the scabbard or whatever to put it in what, come on guys yeah she it's got a, the scabbard attach it to your belt what are you doing emma get you've it seen together. you've seen cosplay have it on your back if you need to and also it wasn't exactly a two-handed sword emma i don't know if you needed to be what anyway it doesn't matter um uh blah 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 we fight the dragon <laughs> sword in one hand gun in the other like an american <laughs> ah <laughs> Like a patriot. Like a patriot. Emma Swan. Patriot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the flag I want, like, on the back of my car while I drive through town honking. Emma Swan, just with a gun and a sword. Um, So, so she, she ends up getting the egg. There's a whole scene. She gets the egg, and she gets in the elevator. Elevator don't work. Mm, So Emma's like, as a problem solver... It's just gonna you you up. just you just just totally like washed over her sh- killing a dragon. That's she, a big she, deal. She, she doesn't kill the dragon. Maleficent isn't yeah. dead. Well, I mean, as far as we know for now, she is. She 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 throws the sword, stabby stab stab. It hits the it hits the dragon as it was about to flame her, and then it itself it bursts into flames. Sorry, I'm just liking that a yada 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 through a dragon kill. Anyway, yada yada yada. Now the Night King has the a nice dragon. Dead, she Whatever. Got an egg, she's going up an elevator. No, Whatever. she like I was I was baffled by this because this dragon is made of fire. We've seen Game of Thrones. Fire cannot kill a dragon, but it turns out it totally can because yep. if you stab it with its own fire, it will burn itself to death. This Bad is day. wild. Listen, it's it's it's. I'm losing my mind. I yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I know that this whole show up until this point has compl- has been completely airtight, Beth. <laughs> the Maybe dra- not. The dragon died by its own fire. How it does that happen? Because magic is cruel. <laughs> magic comes at because no, magic comes at a price. You We've have fire like, powers. Hey, it can, can kill breathe, you from you. You can breathe fire, but just don't let it touch you because it will soup burn you. Like that's the kind of like that's like hey, you can touch anything you want and it'll turn to gold. I how does Midas pee? There's oh my, God, my question. He, There's he my very adult question for the either. episode. Like he. He just, just can't do nothing. He can't have sex. How does Midas have a daughter? Adoption? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, there's so many questions. So many questions now about Midas. Uh, anyway, so the dragon's dead by yes, its own fire dead. because the world is full of cruel, cruel irony. Uh, and now the elevator doesn't work, which is somehow the worst thing that's happened in Emma's day. Um, and she, she's just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to climb. Oh, but guess who's here? Totally. Oh my God, it's it's Rumple, and he's like, Oh my God, Regina left. What a bitch! Yeah. Like Splitsville. Can you ugh. can you even trust her? Ugh, ugh, ugh. She's so gross. Anyway, give me the egg because you can't climb with the egg because we also didn't give you anything to carry it. Like we didn't give you like a backpack or anything because that would be <laughs> insane. Uh, just toss it up. No big deal. And Emma's like, Okay. So she tosses it up and then she climbs out and Regina is tied up and she's like, You idiot! I can't believe you trusted him. Emma's like. I don't have any mental capability to process betrayal. How dare you? <clears throat> I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to do anymore. Uh, and just before they're getting ready to go, like, fisticuffs into a big fight about what happened, they're both being called at the same time mm-hmm. from the hospital. 
and again it it speaks to the to the the way the direction of the show is and the way that it it's it's told that even though as someone who has watched this episode a few times in the past and knew where it was going i was still just just torn apart by this scene yeah this is this was a rough scene they even did like a dramatic slow-mo for emma running in which i usually find pretty corny but i didn't i didn't quite mind uh but they run in to henry's room and it's I think the part that broke my heart the most, and I don't know why it was, I'm not a particularly religious person, but the fact that Dr. Whale walks out with Mother Superior mm-hmm. indicates that they came to give Henry his last rites. And, okay, sorry, now I'm about to cry already. Um, He's not dead, Abby. Focus. Um, so, he comes back, Abby. He's okay. Oh, my God. I didn't make it to the end of the episode. Is he okay? He's just oh. in the red room of fire. He's just in that middle ground where all... Oh, my God. Anyway. No, I'm not saying Red Room of Fire like hell. I'm talking about Red Room of Fire from season two. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like... No, God. He's a child. today, guys. What? Uh, No. This this tore me apart, this whole scene, because it seemed... Again, this, this episode, if you explain it to somebody, is, oh, so the child of... Uh, Prince Charming and Snow White is going up against the Evil Queen, but she has to team up with the Evil Queen and Rumpelstiltskin to go fight a dragon to get a vial of true love out of a gold egg that was shoved in her gill like 38 years ago, um, and then to save and, and everyone. And also, they live in Maine, and it's fine. But also, there's a child that's dying. Uh, this was a very real world moment. Um, it mm-hmm. had the just the the very the doctor being like, "We did everything we could. We're so sorry. You did, you know you." <laughs> I think one of them says you didn't make it. And it's just like, no shit. Like, what? Like, oh, I'm sorry. He didn't make it. You were yeah, here in time. Well, she said, uh, yeah, you're too late or something. And I was like, you? yeah, what a bitch. Whoa. Uncalled for. They run into the room. This, this is hard. To, it's, it's a tough scene because Emma is so heartbroken. And mm. the direction of this kind of sucks because Regina hangs in the back, which I don't think she would have done normally. Uh, but no. Regina is in the back, and and Emma is just, I mean, openly sobbing, which is just enough to 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 bring a person to their knees, knowing enough about Emma, and she, she, for lack of anything, she she basically apologizes, and then she leans in and she she says, "I love you, Henry," and kisses him on the forehead. Uh, what is happening beyond this is that Charming is hitting the city limits; he's on his way out. Mm-hmm. There's all this other stuff, like, kind of going on in the process. Because the day is still going on, because obviously no one else cares. Not They don't care, but it's just that they're not involved in any of this decision. <laughs> oh, they don't speaking, care. Speaking, Henry's dying? Oh, God. Which, I forgot to mention, speaking of that. So in this scene, you see Emma, like, going over to Henry's bed, tears streaming down her face. A fantastic acting performance from Jennifer Morrison. And then meanwhile, in the background, you see, like, a doctor and, and, and person extra, like, go sit on the chairs and, like, they're having, like, a casual, friendly chat. Like, do they not look in and see a woman sobbing over a dying, a dead child? They're just so- having a chat. So I'm not about her, her X-rays. In, this, in our moment of levity here, I'm not saying that this is completely out of line, and it's also what I'm about to tell you is not completely the same. Uh, but I thought it was really funny when I got my C-section. Uh, it was a planned C-section for the mm-hmm. most part, uh, so there was no emergency situation. Like it was just they took their time, they made a really nice line, they did their whole thing. Um, as they were closing me up, like they had measured 
they had measured my son. They had sent him off with my husband to do skin to skin, which is such a cute thing. Uh, I'm just laying there and they're cleaning up and they are the midwife and the OB are having a conversation like, oh my God, you got so much more blood on your side this time. What? Did I have more blood than you did? That's crazy. Hey, did you hear what Heather said down in the office? Like they were just having a conversation. They were sewing a human being back together and just talking like I talk at work with my friends. It was the craziest <laughs> moment. And I'm just laying there just like, do you guys remember that I'm here and I'm a person? <laughs> and I'm so, awake? <laughs> I'm awake. I'm conscious. I hear you. Which side had the most blood? Maybe I'm just a bleeder on one side. Perhaps this is medical information I should know. Uh, which, by the way, just another fun story to just lighten the mood just a little bit. Uh, but they asked me what music I wanted to listen to. They had Pandora. And I said "In Sync," So it was just playing a lot of like late 90s, early 2000s music. And when... They were doing like a new thing version of anesthesia for me. And the anesthesiologist from the second, fourth floor maybe came out and he was like, Why are we listening to the Spice Girls right now? <laughs> like, Why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway. Anyway. Back back to the back to the heartbreaking tears of a dead child. Over a back dead to the child. Death of a child. Uh, so so anyway, Emma says, you know. I love you, Henry. Kisses him on the forehead. Mwah. Rainbow pulse. And this, my heart fluttered. Again, knowing mm. that this would happen, it made me so much happier. Like, I was like, it happened. It's amazing. This is true love's kiss. Like, the whole, I feel like the whole season, like, when you first watch this, you're being led to believe that what is going to break this kiss is charming and snow somehow. Mm-hmm. And then what it is is the love of mo- a mother to a child. Which is... And- is- and I love that so much because, I do too. because so often these kind of fairy tale stories are centered around romantic love. Like, I mean, obviously, like, instead of familial love, instead of the the true love that that a parent has for their child, and I just I love the idea of subverting that because we're actually getting more. Uh, you know, fairy tale stories and movies, especially from Disney, that are focusing more on family, that are more about the bonds that you have with the, the the people in your life, where it's not just about meeting a guy and falling in love and leaving your leaving your father for your husband, like in like Little Mermaid. It's about you know, like Brave was very much about the mother daughter oh, relationship. God, brave. Um, <laughs> you know, Wreck It Ralph was about this, you know, it was about found family. It was about Ralph and Vanellope creating this family relationship. Um, so this was kind of in a sense ahead of the curve on it a little bit. And I really appreciate that. I do too. Cause I like that. Not only was it like a family thing, it was the love between a woman who didn't like at the beginning of the season, the very first episode wanted nothing to do with this kid. Mm-hmm. Like she, she gave him up for adoption to give him his best life. And so we got to watch this really fun ro- roller coaster of her trying to grapple with the emotions of a child she gave birth to, uh, but bonding with him and wanting to protect him. And, you know, like that's, that's not who Emma thought she was. So she fought it for a while. Uh, and so it, it Honestly, it it's such a great moment. I did wonder. I I did want to posit this theory to you. Well, mm-hmm. what do you think would happen if it would have been the the true love's kiss between like if Regina would have broken her own curse by giving Henry the forehead kiss? Um, I mean, 
from what I remember, does, that kind of happens later. I agreed, but if that would have been this 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 moment, um, I don't know if she can break her own curse. But I mean, it's just true love's kiss. But like, but I I don't know because like the the potion that Rumpel put on the paper was was Emma was the the true love between Charming and Snow that led to Emma. So right. I don't think. Regina could have because if she had, she would have done it a long time ago. She gives Henry kisses on the forehead well, all the time, with, and she's loved him for years. But that's kisses. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, they got Henry and Snow kiss all, or Henry and Snow. Jesus, criminy, Abby. Uh, <laughs> Snow and Charming kiss all the time. But that moment is what they needed, like to break a curse kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, in the moment of need. I again, I'm not saying that it would have been any better or worse. I just thought I was like, well, that'd been. An- interesting like obviously they would have had to explain the drop of true love a little differently like not being like it has to be a savior it just has to be a anyway yeah i kind of wonder if maybe maybe they added that drop of savior love for that very reason to explain why it had to be emma it couldn't be anybody else because they call her the savior for the whole series and it kind of starts to lose its meaning as it goes on We'll get there. Uh, but I do like, because, and thinking about it, and yeah, like, I, you know, the Regina breaking her own curse would have been, it would have had to have been explained differently and built mm-hmm. differently for that to be the ending, obviously. Um, I just think that that would have been an interesting swing. Uh, but I do like that with Emma, like, there isn't a moment where she's kissed him. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a moment she even fought in earlier in the episode. Like, it's just, it's not a natural thing for her to show affection and her being in this low state of being able to finally like, because you know what? You can lie to yourself and you can say all the things. You can put up all your walls. But a sign of affection like that and a show of true love like that cannot be denied. Magic knows. Magic is an ironic, <laughs> terrible, awful thing. But it but it knows you can't lie to magic. And I do want to, I know we've been talking about this for a little while, but like, you know, you were talking about. Emma developing that bond and that love with Henry that she didn't have before because she didn't have a relationship with him. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm getting ready to have a baby dragon of my own. And um, with that, you know, you were doing more reading about not only the birthing process, good God, why? Um, But also, um, you know, like the, what happens after, after they exist, what happens after they're brought into this world. And uh, a book that I'm reading, which like really was very comforting to me in 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 its own way was basically saying like, you know, when you first have this baby, don't be, you know, it's, you might feel love for it because it's your baby, but it's not it doesn't know what love is yet. It hasn't developed that bond with you yet. It's just trying to survive. So you are learning to love it just as learned. It is learning to love you and learning what love by its very nature is. So I like the idea that, um, you know, I feel like it's fair that Emma's had to learn that love with Henry, just as Henry's had to learn it with her because when he wakes up, he says, I love you too. This is a culmination of a year of them learning, getting to know each other in a way they didn't know before. And I think that that's totally fair. And I think it's just a very good representation. That's all. Yes. No, I agree with you. I Nothing nothing scared me more, by the way, than, looking, than them <laughs> handing me a child and me going, oh. 
I feel zero things. Like, I was so terrified that they were going to hand me a kid that I had no bond with it at all. Um, I unfortunately, I, I, whatever, I unfortunately had that very, like, grounding moment the moment I looked at him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those, I looked at my son and I just went, I will kill everyone in this room if you ask me to right now. If you, <laughs> if you just, if this small child started emanating a voice that just said everyone in this room needs to die, I would move my limp body because, obviously, a C-section, I can't only move my arms and head. I'd find a way. I would find a way. Like, it was, it, I, but up until that point, I had not really had any nesting moments. Like, I had mm-hmm. not felt very motherly. I was, I I didn't like being pregnant. I thought it was weird. I didn't, I don't have a lot of pictures of me being pregnant. I had like a weird body rejection. Like I didn't like looking at it. It was a whole thing. A lot to unpack, but I didn't feel motherly. And I was worried that I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to look at this kid. It was just like at that moment, I'm like, oh, I'm a mom. Oh, this is that (laughs) moment my mom was telling me about that. I was going to just want to start stabbing people for looking at him wrong. And it's true. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying that obviously I've, I've told people that and they're like, eh, whatever. So it's, it's nicer with like what we're going back to with Emma was, I believe I don't, and I might be misremembering. I think she has a couple moments with him as a baby, like where she talks to him. I feel like, I feel like she explains what she's doing to him when he's a baby. Like, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm giving you your best life. I feel like there's that heartbreaking scene at one point before she mm-hmm. gives him away. Um, Cause also doesn't she like give birth to him in a jail? <laughs> which yeah, i think is next season it's, it's, there's there's a lot there's a lot going it, on there but oh, yeah like, on there you know but, it takes yeah. it takes all kinds and love expresses no. itself and finds itself in so many different ways but it's so much different when you when you're meeting like a, a, chi- a full-grown child that has his own opinions and mm-hmm. his own beliefs and for the better part of your relationship with him you've thought he was nuts like you just like <laughs> he is th- only until he is now unconscious and can't answer you, you do you believe him, which is a whole thing. Uh, because it, it this, whole, this whole thing made me think of, I don't remember if I've talked to you about this on the podcast, because I had this realization about three episodes ago. Back in the 80s, when they introduced Snuffleupagus uh, to Sesame Street, he was an imaginary friend that only Big Bird could see. They eventually... Uh, had Big Bird explain Snuffleupagus to the adults and for him to un- and for them adults to believe him because they were worried they were sending a message of if you tell an adult something and they don't believe you it builds a bit mistrust in adults mm-hmm. um anyway that's uh, that was something I thought of before where it's just like I like that they're believing him because they don't want to seed a distrust in him mm-hmm. like Regina is seeding that distrust by not believing him Mm-hmm. Whether it's healthy or not to feed this, you know, what they're calling a delusion or whatever is a conversation, again, about mental health. Uh, but obviously we know that it's true, so it's not that damaging, I guess. But Emma Emma believes it, and they form this bond over this this thing that Emma doesn't really even believe in. And she thinks that she's just sort of whatevering. And then they have that, they, they connect on that, and then Emma gets it. She, But she loved him before she had any of that. Had she not even believed I think if she would have kissed him that moment before they even went and got the dragon, it had been done. She knew she loved him. Like, yeah. all of that other stuff was just to get us to another point. Like, Emma's loved him since, like, episode maybe seven. We've needed like, her. To, we needed her to fight a dragon yep. because we had the budget for a dragon, damn it. <laughs> and it would look really cool. Listen, what would and you And also, Rumpel needs to go do a, a thing. <laughs> I will kill a dragon. I will kill a dragon and I will scale an elevator and I will do all kinds of crazy things for you. Uh, but yeah, she kisses Henry and Henry sits straight up and he's like, you believe! And it's so honest and earnest. And 
it it's funny because when they go in, he's wearing the mask. He's got the electrodes. They've pulled his gown off to get the electrodes on. So when he sits up, he's just like a little 10-year-old who's shirtless. And his hair is kind of all over the place. He's like, yay, it's amazing. They're remembering. You and gotta give credit to the young actor in this oh, whole no, scene yeah. because, like, you know, he he he. You can tell he's obviously has a heartbeat. He's not dead. Yes, because obviously the actor was still alive. But he was he was playing a a dying boy very well. He knew I'm his so direction, bad. and. Yeah, like the way he says "I love you" too just gutted me. I was like, the little boy, the love. He's, so, so what he says to, or what Regina says to Snow before Snow takes a bite of the apple is that you're going to be living in your own body. Like you're going to be, your tomb will be your body. Mm-hmm. It gives this horrifying realization that you're awake while this is happening. Like your eyes aren't mm-hmm. open, but you hear and you're you're understanding what's going on. So Henry responding immediately after the kiss. Uh, after the forehead kiss, means that he's been privy to all of this. Like, just short of being like, oh, yeah, my mom just, my mom's about to tell me that she, like, loves me no matter what, but didn't she also just try to screw over that Jefferson guy? Like, that happened, like, 20 minutes ago. Uh, Anyway, he wakes up, and then everyone starts realizing. Everyone starts Mm -hmm. kind of, like, looking at their hands and being like, oh, no. Like, they... Like, I feel like there wasn't a fog lifting. It just, like, snapped in for mm-hmm. all of them of being like, whoa. Because they showed the whole thing where, like, wind rushes over them. Like, I liked Hopper the most. Like, Hopper, like, walked downstairs. Whoosh. And he was just like, huh. And he probably like, just still went to get whatever bagel he was going to get. Like, he was just like, well, I used to be a cricket, but I'm a person. This is pretty much what I was doing before. It's probably fine. Yeah, and then you see uh, you see Granny and you see Red and they're together and you just like everything that that represents. You see snow have it, it washes over snow and it's so beautiful and you're just like snow. You see it and then you see charm happens to charming and he stops the car just as he is about to leave Storybrooke, which is very good because he was probably about to die. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> and he runs it around, hightails it back. And the two of them find each other because that line about so, the finding each other that I don't like to say anymore. So, so I know we we kind of we kind of bag on him a little bit, um, and how corny it is and everything. Uh, my my heart leapt when he was across the street and saw her and just shouted, "Snow!" Like it, just the way oh he projected it. He's got that like that deep voice, that hero's voice, and he said it, and you're just like, he called. Like, it's just this, like, great moment. Because mm-hmm. she looks like she is having an... Uh, and she is. She's having an existential crisis of remembering two lives and trying to put everything together. And she looks at him. You almost think that she's going to, like, gonna hit him or something. Because she's just like, I don't, oh, what the f- I, don't, I don't know what to do. But they have this nice moment where they come together in the middle of the street. And they're just like, you found me. I'll always find you. And they're just, like, holding each other's faces. Like, please, please don't leave me. Like, they're just like, oh... A wonderful, wonderful moment, and everything's going to be okay. Um, all yeah, of this the, was, all, I bawled during this scene. This, this was the was one such... that, that, like, the one with Emma and Henry and Regina, of yeah. course, devastating. My heart was breaking. But this one was the one that just sent me over, and I had the tears coming down my face, and I was just like, they did find each other because they do that all the time. <laughs> oh, it's so it's the thing from the show. And just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, 
and both of them their performances in the scene were so freaking good just especially jennifer goodwin the way she was looking at his face and like using her hands to like memorize every detail because she's been without him for so long i was just because also because mary margaret wouldn't have done that like mary margaret was not that way like she would have you know she would have held him she would have touched him but she would not like snow white is a very she's very greedy with the things that she loves so snow white is just like i am taking you all in like it's been this is like the old lady from titanic it's been 84 years i missed you so much um i love this so much and i liked that they were realizing it in the hospital i want to know who the characters were like they show they we cut to later but we see like one of the nurses who like drops the tray or whatever and Mm -hmm. and they go look out the window i want to know who she is what storybook character is she who is she is she a fairy is she something like i just want to know i'm now curious about all of the random townspeople that are never shown ever again like just the extras (laughs) uh but the scene in the hospital is this is the one where my heart broke for regina like, I know we're, like, obviously where we're headed or anything, but, you know, Blue looks at her, Mother Superior looks at her, and is like, Your Majesty, run. <laughs> run forever. Get the F out. Yeah. And so, and what Regina does is she goes up to Henry, and she, like, she, like, I feel like she holds his hand. I don't remember what she does, but she gets close enough to him, and she's like, whatever anybody tells you, I love you. I love you so much. And then she leaves because she's about to be, you know, strung up. Uh, But I like this moment from her because Mm -hmm. it was, you know, like, I need to go. But I also want to tell you that I love you so much, no matter what. Like, I may be evil. I may be a monster. But I love you are my son. And I felt for her in that moment because you're just like, she has no one. And I liked his reaction, too. Because Regina's fear in her nightmare was that he was going to turn on her to the point where he was going to provide the rope to tie her to a tree so she can get stabby stabbed. But he simply, he doesn't look at her in disgust. He looks at her almost in confusion. Like, he's conflicted. Because he loves her. She's his mother. He's he's been with her the whole time. And yeah, he spent the whole time, you know, believing she's this evil queen. And it turns out she totally is. But he still loves her. And yeah. I really liked how they handled, like, he just didn't say anything. But you could see it on his face. Well, because, you know, she's the evil queen. But I think even he's young enough to realize that, like, anything that she's done to him has not been evil queen. It's just been mom. Mm-hmm. Like, so she's not, she, in in almost every way. I mean, pointed out, someone can point it out if I'm wrong. But she's never been outwardly evil to him. Like, she has just treated him like a mother, albeit a strict mother, treats her child, one that loves. She's given him an amazing home. She clearly cooks for him and feeds him well, puts him through school, and, and takes care of him. And she, as she admits in the episodes before, she was she was up for all his fevers. It's not like, and what I'm about to say does not disparage nannies or anything, but she didn't have a nanny. She didn't have mm-hmm. anything. It was her and Henry against the world. And that is something that... You know, again, we all show love in a different way. And Regina showed her love in a different way. Maybe it's not the best way, but it was her way. And obviously we're going to get season two and figure out, navigate the waters a little bit more of this, you know, my two moms story. But I, you, you do feel for Regina that like, because I mean, on the, on the, also, I'm, I apologize. I started rambling again, but on the surface of this, this is a, a woman who adopts a child and then like the birth mother comes in and tries to 
take the child. Like, there's a, there's a messy story here that is a fear for people who adopt. So like, there's that. And that Doesn't moment really... where we see her alone in the house and she's hugging the pillow, uh... smelling Henry's pillow and hugging it and bursting into tears. God, like, yeah, Regina is. She's mourning. Regina is a villain. Yeah, she's an, exactly. But like, this is why I feel like it wasn't time for Regina to break this curse because, yeah, she loves him. That's fair. But story-wise, like, thematically, it would have been all wrong for Regina to break this curse. She has not earned that redemption yet. And from what I remember from season two, because her mother comes into the picture, uh, it's going to take a while for Regina to turn that corner to earn that kind of uh, true love that expresses itself in a way that breaks a curse as opposed to making a curse. Right. Yeah, because uh, to be fair, she's she's you know she's grown as a person. When she had to make her her dad real small and tiny, uh, she she was sad, but she was not clutching a pillow sad. She was just like, well, this is this what needs to be done. Uh, she was not she didn't want want her son to pay that price for magic, and she doesn't want to be separated from him. Uh, and I again, I I felt for her in that scene of her mourning, mourning Henry because I feel like she thinks she's lost him. In that mm-hmm. moment, right up until like five seconds later. But I think she's just like, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. I'm never getting back. They're all going to tell awful, terrible stories about me. And he's, they're going to, tr- you know, your basic fear of a divorce, like with separated children. Oh, well, while he's over there, you know, they're going to do nothing but <laughs> shit talk me. And they're not going to like me. And, you know, Regina's, Regina's a big enough person to understand that. And she, no one wants that. So we do have one more part of the story to yes. get through. And would you Our mind if I, if I take us through this final journey? Is that okay? As I've been rambling for 20 minutes, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have the story of what happens with Rumple after he, he takes the egg and he heads out on his merry way. Well, he's in the shop doing his thing and someone comes, someone comes in the door. Ding, but ding, it's ding. not just any old somebody. This is a very special guest because you see Jefferson during the whole chaos of Henry being at death's door. He manages to uh, steal a hospital uniform. He sneaks in with his tea, knocks out Nurse Ratchet, uh, walks right by Sidney Glass, who has his own cell in in the uh, mental health ward. Good God, Sidney, what did you get yourself into? No, she's not worth it, buddy. And no. he opens he opens the door to Bell's cell. Bell cell, Bell cell. Bell cell, Bell cell. And he says, "Look, I I got a bone to pick with this woman Regina, so I'm doing this. Go find Rumple. Tell her Regina is a horrible person and she did this to you. Go now. Go go." She's like, "What? What's She's She's can I, very can, confused. Can, can I brush my hair first? No. No. Run. <laughs> He'll protect you. Go. He'll brush your hair. It's fine. Oh, that's creepy. Ugh. So, yeah. So, she goes <laughs> to find Rumple in the shop, and he is overjoyed that she is alive, but he also kind of doesn't have time for it. Oh, my God. It's my favorite part. Oh, my God. You're alive. Let's go. Bye. And uh, because she doesn't at this point, she doesn't remember who she is. The curse hasn't been broken yet. It's not until they're out in the forest that she goes, Rumple, Stiltskin, hold up. 
And then, oh, she remembers. And I hate this. I hate this moment. All of it where she's immediately like, Rumple, it's you. I love you. No, you don't. He doesn't deserve your love. Because Go he away. He does the thing he does in the shop, too. Oh, neat. Let's go. Like, <laughs> stop for a second, man. No one is coming to stop you from doing what you're doing. You can take a beat. No one knows you're there. No one's chasing you. Uh, yeah, I hated all this because this was such a cool moment for Belle. Like, first of all, before she was let go from, like, her in her imprisonment to go talk to, doc- to Mr. Gold, she's been in there for 30 years repeating just living in the world's worst cell like that's her life mm-hmm. she doesn't get outside time she uh, you're gonna protect me i am let's go to a wishing well and she just kind of like goes and like listens because who cares and then she wakes up and she realizes she's like oh by the way i know you you're rumpel skillskin and i super love you and he's just like yeah sure let's keep going we're almost up the top of the hill this is the moment and we're gonna talk about it so much more as we keep getting into the seasons. Like when Bell should have left forever. <laughs> I'm just gonna say now. It should yeah. have been. Wait a minute. This is bullshit. And leaves. Yeah, I didn't like this. This was not the. I thought this was a nicer moment than it was. This yeah. was not a nice moment. I didn't like this. It's really not. And yeah, like I feel like it should have been Rumple Stiltskin. Oh, you, you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> smacks him in the face and walks down the hill and throwing rocks at him from behind i remember everything but no like the the whole for the rest of the series we have this relationship between rumpelstiltskin and bell and i remember when it first happened i had mixed feelings but overall i thought it was romantic i can just tell immediately i'm it's gonna be nonstop red flags the charming red flags are gonna be replaced by rumple red flags and they're gonna be magnified magnified times like 40 billion and i'm gonna hate it this is the first teaser and i hate it listen guys we're we're gonna we're trying to give a nice honest look about most of the season and talk about everything we both have very very strong opinions about rumple bell um both of them negative so mm-hmm. we apologize to our rumple bells we're gonna i'm gonna try i will try to kind of skew to the middle just to kind of keep it from us both swearing <laughs> a bunch um but it's play the dark ones advocate yeah, yeah right she's like now let's let's look at it from a different side um i it's just i i know how it ends and it doesn't start great so it's hard. I was never really a fan. Like, I kind of saw it before, in the beginning when they first set it up. But, like, from this moment on, I was never really invested at all. Yeah. At all. So I apologize. This might be the part that we actively bag on the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, it might surprise us. Maybe. You know, I there's so. We get Rumple and his son later and I I I remember some things from there that I really liked so maybe early on there's moments that do this better but it's not it's not happening right now it hasn't the start is not great but we end on Rumple dragging Belle up the hill to the wishing well because as we know Rumple's weakness is that for him, he needs magic because magic is power. And that's literally what he tells Belle as he throws 
this jar of true love into the wishing well. He doesn't pour it. He just chucks the bottle. I feel like that's a bad strategy because what if it didn't yeah. work? But alas. I like the idea that it's just like floating down the river being like, ha <laughs> <F> you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like a ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but instead it, it creates a purple smoke, very similar to the original curse. And the purple smokes fall, come comes out. It's crashing in because magic is coming back to Storybrooke. And he could not be more thrilled. And Regina, likewise, tears on her face, has a smile. She knows what this means. This is bad for them, but it's good for her. Well, and because it's good for, it's great for Rumpelstiltskin, too, because... With all the storybook characters remembering who they are, if he doesn't have magic, he has nothing to lord over them. They're not afraid of him. They don't care. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy that runs a pawn shop now. They're they're storybook characters. They can go figure out something else. But the moment the curse is broken, we've now introduced full-on magic. So mm-hmm. it's it's like, yay! But it's it's also, again, they, they mention, Henry mentions it. He's like, wait a minute, why didn't they all go back? And Emma's, you know, like, they're like, None of them understood. They're like, shouldn't they have all transported back? And it was just like, no. So we've changed the game like 100%. Like mm-hmm. the show we started with and the show we ended with are just two totally different storylines, which is why I was saying at the beginning, it really feels like the first season is just its own time capsule because mm-hmm. everything after this is just just fluff. Well, yeah, everything apart from this is the ramifications of this season. This season is the building block and then everything else that comes back is like it's it's it's, it's like one long denouement. It's like one long epilogue. Yep. And I mean that's that's fine. There's some highlights and some <laughs> lowlights, but it is yeah, and and I kind of want to save some of this talk for yeah, our totally. end of season 1 like discussion. Uh, but I do want to kind of get closing thoughts from you about this episode in particular and how you feel it closed out this story. Well, Beth, thank you for letting me talk. I haven't talked at all in this episode, so I'm very excited. (laughs) We are are at now at about an hour 40, so congratulations, everybody. Longest episode yet. Oh, boy. Hey, (laughs) we just have a lot of feelings, guys. Yeah. Um, I, I love this episode, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love this season. This was a very feel-good season in a time that I very much needed it. Um, mm-hmm. Very emotionally compromised at the moment, both for for various for amalgamation of reasons. And this this show hit a very nice nostalgia spot for me, and like it 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 gave you those tears that you needed. It gave you a couple of laughs, and the story was good start to finish. Like there's going to be some questions later that we're going to open up with season two, but honestly. I like I like this episode so much, especially paired with the second one. I'm almost kind of tempted to watch the second one, uh, the the two episodes together, just to kind of get the full experience. Yeah, surround sound on or something. <laughs> uh, but this it told so much story in a very short amount of time. I honestly can't believe that it was 43 minutes because mm-hmm. uh, it seemed it seemed all both shorter and longer. Uh, but I love this. I love the character development and I love the, the pieces and how it's set up. Just like every season finale of, of Once Upon a Time, I'm so excited for the next season. <laughs> so yeah. excited. So I uh, once wrote an article for io9 that in no way was controversial and, and, and no one had any disagreements with uh, about uh, shows where the first season is the best season. 
Mm. And one of them on the list was Once Upon a Time for yep. me. Because this is by far the best season of the series. Not to say that the rest of it is bad, although it does get pretty bad, guys. Um, just just forewarning. But this one, it, it, it reminded me of, for example, Heroes. It's a, it's a, the first season of Heroes. It's, it's a story that knows exactly where it's going to go and it goes there and it does it well. It starts well, it ends well, pieces in between, fill in those gaps. They're not all great. We have a couple, we have a couple clunkers in there. I'm, I'm looking at you, um, dreamy, cough, cough. Um, but overall, it's a solid story that ends on such a good note and it it makes you excited not only for where the journey is going to go in the future but also just makes you look back on how good the journey has been yeah and i think i think what makes this show i was thinking about it as you were you were explaining the whole like first season and then you mentioned heroes Mm -hmm. um and what makes this show good is that i've so i've been my anxiety has been kind of forming itself in weird ways over this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, I can't rewatch certain movies without fast forwarding through stuff because I just like, it either gets like really in, like not intense, but it just gets like awkward or something. And I'm like, no, nope, nope, not dealing with this. And I'll just start scrubbing through stuff because you just sort of know how stuff will go. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, meh, this show heroes was like that too, where like the first season, it was just like, here is a concept. No one understands. Like, this is not a medical drama. It's not a police procedural. It is not, you know, five hot people living in a wildly large New York apartment. Like, it's not, a, like, a formula. And so they could do whatever they wanted. And, and Once Upon a Time did that. They, mm-hmm. I didn't know how this was going to end when it started. Like, you guessed. And most of us were wrong. None of us would have guessed this ends with Emma with a sword in the library basement fighting a dragon. No one could have guessed it. Not even a little bit. Um, But that's what this show was. And that's what's so great about it. That's what kind of loses it a little bit as we go forward. Is that like once you've established that. Now you've kind of boxed yourself in just a bit. And you're just trying to ramp up. But that's what's so great about this first season. Like you said. It knew what it was. It did those things. Swung and a miss a few times. Like you said. You know. I don't know. I still want to know where the eggs came from. I have so many questions. (laughs) Uh... But yeah, like this, this, this closed it out in a very satisfying way. And in the year, in the year of 2020, where it's just nothing but terrible finales, has an entire generation of people forgotten how to finish shows? Oh my gosh. Like, that's what I loved about rewatching Avatar. I thought it was going to end on a low note. And it was like, this is the greatest ending of a cartoon I've ever seen. Uh, Just a good satisfying ending for a season or even a full show is just... I feel like it's rare. And so I was pleasantly surprised by the show I've already watched. (laughs) Well, we're going to have plenty more to say about this. We're going to be uh, next week. We'll be doing a season one recap and discussion. Uh, We actually will uh, invite slash encourage you guys to send us questions either about uh, things from season one, uh, what we're looking forward to in questions about season two, obviously not getting too spoilery because there's a lot of stuff we don't remember. Uh, and then anything else you guys are curious about, just feel free to send us questions. Um, you can, uh, we'll put a little discussion thing in the Facebook group, or if you're on Patreon, uh, you can send them there. And then we will continue with season two 
Uh, but and this, of course, we want to thank our wonderful patrons, especially our snow queens. That's going to be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, Matt Leclerc, and Zach Chobanoff. Thank you so much for supporting us through this season one. Woo! Yes, we've done it. You I'm can't. now realizing I hold on. I'm now realizing I have no idea what happens in season two. Like, oh I just, wow! I, like, there's a few things I, I remember that I'm excited about. I. This is the one where Hook shows up, right? Hook shows up in season two, yeah? Like, I think so, yeah. Okay, because I don't remember anything else. Like, I like I remember <laughs> storylines. Like, when they start happening, I'll remember. But I, like, if you were like, hey, what's the plot line of story? Like, what's the through line for season two? Not even a clue. Because it's not Peter Pan. That's like the next season and then Frozen and then everything else. Just a big old blank for season two. I'm so excited. I get to go on another journey. Yes. <laughs> well, you can join us on that journey by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. We're also on Twitter at OUA timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we'll be back next week with a season one recap and discussion. Be sure to send us your questions on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, you can also email them to us. Um, and um, and yes, we will see you then. And then we will follow with our continuation into season two and everything that lies beyond, guys. This is very exciting. I'm so glad we've done this. And Abby, we will see you next week. Okay. <laughs> You're pounding <laughs> See you next week, Beth. <laughs>